0: This is the Orange Podcast, conversations with Orange City Council for the local community.
1: This is Alan Reader. Thanks for being there for the latest episode of the Orange Podcast. We're six months out from the next round of local council elections, and this week some plans stepped up for some information seminars aimed at locals who are thinking about whether or not they want to stand as a candidate. A couple of current council members are sharing their own stories of how many hours it takes and how they get the council work balanced with a full-time job and their home life. One councillor has shared his insights on what could happen if a single issue candidate was elected.
2: Over the years I've seen people who have been very passionate about a particular issue that's happening in the city at the time and they then decide, because they've been... a a voice for that issue in the community Um, they then decide to run for council because they've they've got a passion for orange and they should do if you've got a passion for orange but it's a single issue and then once they get here and the issue is dealt with in either in their favour or not in their favour they sort of lose their voice a little bit if I have any advice for people coming on council is that come in with an open mind Try not to have a single issue. Make sure that the reason you're coming on council is because you want to make a change every time you come to a meeting, because otherwise it's a long four years.
1: More from Councillor Jeff Whitten later in the show. But first up today, there's been some positive responses from business operators along McNamara Street and Lord's Place after this week's council meeting gave the go-ahead for the first of the CBD upgrade plans to start to happen. Some preliminary maintenance work will be starting straight away, clearing the decks ahead of some major construction. Council Engagement Officer Ellie Bryce has been keeping shopkeepers in touch with the latest plans.
3: Some of you may have heard that as of Tuesday just gone at Council's meeting, they approved plans, our first year of future city plans, to upgrade McNamara Street between Kite Street and Summer Street. They also voted to approve the plans for Lord's Place, Bing Street and that also encompassed moving the taxi rank. We're all really excited about those plans to go forward and it's feeling like most of our businesses along those streets are also really excited. I'm here with Val Myatt at the Curve Centre which is on the corner of McNamara Street and Kite Street.
4: Val, I guess how are you feeling about the upgrade? I'm feeling incredibly excited. McNamara Street was certainly beginning to look extremely tired. I think we all recognise this. But with the concept of especially trees, I'm particularly excited about greening up the area, not to mention the street art and the lighting. I am so enthusiastic, I can hardly put it into words. (laughs) Val, we're
3: really happy that you're excited. I guess, how have you found the process? Um, I guess, you know, me personally, I've really tried to bring businesses along for the ride do you feel like we've you know had
4: enough community consultation absolutely 100% it's been fantastic every time we look up there's Ellie bringing us up to date with what's going on and we are so appreciative of that. Oh, Excellent. Val, I guess as you say uh, some have
3: felt it's a bit of a concrete jungle down here. You say you're excited about the trees and you might be
4: one of those lucky ones that get a mural on the side of the building. Yeah. What will that mean for the area do you think? Oh I just think it will pick the whole area up. I think we'll be the talking point of Orange and I think it will be the beginning of a beautification of the whole city. I'm just really pleased that we're at the beginning of the process.
3: And Val when you say a beautification of the whole city I guess it is a three year project for the whole CBD. Do you think Orange was in need of a lift?
4: Definitely, yes and I've been here for a very long time you know and it's only when it all starts to happen that you step back and see how tired some areas are looking and how excited we are about the fact that Council's actually putting it all into place now.
3: Well thank you for your time Val, we'll work with you as we keep going on the project.
4: Thank
5: you very much Ellie.
3: I'm down here at the Royal Hotel with Adam Isbester. Adam, talk us through how excited you are about these plans.
5: Yeah, and I think it's going to be terrific for the um, CBD and for Lord's Place and the Royal Hotel.
3: Adam, why, I guess, do you think it will be good? Or what are you most excited about?
5: I think the most exciting thing for us, obviously, some more car parks. It's easier to access the venue. Um, I think it'll just add to the overall aesthetics of the beautiful park. I think it's just going to highlight those wonderful spaces we have in Orange.
3: Yeah, that's right. I guess one of the moves as part of our Lord's Place plan is to move the taxi rank from Lord's Place into Summer Street. What, I guess, are your thoughts around that?
5: Yeah, the, the taxi ranks are always a bit of an issue for us and for people to access and egress from the hotel, but well, we're just happy to to have that venue close by so people can get home safely. Yeah, big congratulations to the council to get these things through, that they're proactive and We really appreciate being part of the Orange community and I think it's going to be great for the Royal Hotel.
1: Ellie Bryce talking with local business operators. Have you ever thought about putting a hand up to run for council? The four yearly elections come around in September this year, so there's only a few months to sort that out. Orange City Council will be hosting a couple of information sessions to let locals know how it all works, and current councillors are also sharing their stories in some videos to be seen on the council website. In one clip, serving councillor Jeff Whitten revealed how he came to begin 14 years on council when he was simply asked by a friend to help out.
2: A friend of mine, Glenn Taylor, who had been on council for some years, and I believe he was the deputy mayor at the time, approached me and said he was putting a ticket together. And he said, Jeff, would you have you ever thought about running for council? And I said, no, because at the time I was a businessman and you're generally uh, engrossed in your business and politics is something that happens in the background and you only get involved on the day that you need to, either voting state or federal or council. And uh, Glenn said, do you mind? I, I've got to have six people to put on the ticket. Would you would you mind if I put you down? Would that be all right? And I said, well, as long as I don't get in a spot where I can get elected. And... Um, I was number two, and being very naive about politics and how it all worked, um, Glenn got elected and um, so did I. And um, that was in 2004, it's now 2021, and it's been a, a ball. I've loved it.
6: Given you had no interest in politics at the time, was it incredibly daunting to walk in the doors for the first time and see a business paper? and? Think about having to make decisions which affect others.
2: It was, and it wasn't, because I just not long. Well, I I was a member of the Australian Institute of Company Directors, and in 1995, I went through a program of um, where you had to do a diploma in corporate law to learn about the role and responsibilities of company directors, and so. I was pretty aware of the resp- roles and responsibilities of a company director and it's pretty similar to being a councillor. So you've got to do your research before you become a director of companies. You've got to familiarise yourself with all the papers that you get before you go to board meetings. So councillors basically a board.
6: How do you manage the council life, work life, family life balance?
2: That's a difficult one, um, or has been at times, but it's all ar- its all about anything that you have a passion for. Um, if you don't have the support systems in place, generally your family, and if you run a business, um, you've certainly got to have, because you, you are away from your business as a counsellor at times, and you've got to make sure that those mechanisms or systems are in place to make sure that your back is covered. Um, But it's it's like anything, if you have a good support system and the support of your family and friends and and colleagues in business, then life is easy. If those things aren't always in balance, then then something has to suffer. And the good thing about when you do come on council, the support of council staff, um, which you need because they generally teach you the do's and the don'ts, and... You're always told straight away that um, although you're a councillor and you have the responsibility of a councillor, um, family and and is first, it comes first, and and the other things important in your life then follow on, um, and then you fit the council stuff in where you can when there is when there are issues, yeah, and you have the support of your other your fellow councillors as well.
6: How many hours a week would you dedicate to Orange City Council?
2: Oh, there are there are times when it's not so much. Um, certainly during council uh, committees and meeting weeks, um, it's pretty full time because you've got to make sure that you're up to date with all of the papers. And But it would be around, at, at minimum you would do up to 15 hours a week, especially if you're in a, if you're a deputy mayor or if you're a chair of a committee, then you have a, a, a bit more of a commitment. Living in a city like Orange, where everyone is close and it's a community structure, it's a full-time job, because when you're when you're shopping or doing your day at going to sport or just um, going down the pub for a beer, you're on duty, and people will always ask you questions and want to have a chat.
6: How do you cope with that? How do you cope with not being able to? have a relax in your social life, not being able to go down to the pub and just catch up with a few mates without the expectation that you're available to all the ratepayers in the city?
2: Um, I I think that's one of the things that when you put your hand up, that you need to consider, that um, it is a public role. Um, And in in, in a a city of like Orange, um, you're basically front and centre and uh, you have to be very conscious of um, how you conduct yourself. Um, you don 't always know their an- the answers to their questions, and the important thing is to listen, um, take down their concerns, um, report back to the council staff with the issue, and then and then f- make sure that you follow up on on the outcomes and um, and that 's really the trick is that you make sure that you do listen and, and follow up on what they're asking. Yeah.
6: What are some of the other more difficult practicalities of being a councillor in a city the size of Orange?
2: Even though we are a large city, we're a small city. And everyone knows everybody, so to speak, especially if you grew up here and went to school here. Um, but certainly everyone knows who we are, um, because the media is very good in this city. We have all of the major tv stations and and the and the papers and um in my time um they have been very active so any any um items that have come up in council the media institution are quickly to um be on beyond you about those issues and get your feedback so um, as i say whilst um I may not know everyone in Orange, um, they certainly are aware of who the councillors are and um, and, um, and they will grab you and have a chat to you about things that concern them.
6: What are some of the elements of being a councillor that you particularly enjoy?
2: I think it's that social, meeting people, speaking to people, um, doing media, um, I like doing the media stuff. It was a, The media thing was a bit daunting in the early days with but um, the media in town uh, take care of you, uh, and they soon tell you if you're doing something wrong. Um, and all all of it, I enjoy. You get to meet um, you get to meet all the diversities of the community, um, and you get to meet premiers and prime ministers, and um, and. They're all humble, Like, even though it's amazing when you hear about um, people talk about a particular leader of the time and you you get an opinion from that, from what you see in the media as well. But when you actually meet them personally, they are totally different. They're just like us, normal people. Um, But they put on, and I suppose they do it at a different level because they're a state or a federal person, but they, they put on this different face in front of the media to be strong, and but they're just normal people and they like to talk about um, the things that we have in common as sort of miniature politicians. <laughs> but they often say that um, they believe that local government is much more difficult than their role because we are closer to our constituents every day. We live with... Basically, our constituents every day. Where state and federal politicians generally move around a lot and and don't get to spend so much time in their own electorate. So.
6: Can you think of a piece of advice that you wish that you had known before you were elected unexpectedly?
2: I suppose it's not really for me, but I can comment on what I've seen over the years from other newbies that have come on council, and I think. Um, one of the main things is that over the years I've seen people who have been very passionate about a particular issue that's happening in the city at the time, especially when there's elections coming up, and they then decide, because they've been a, a, a voice for that issue in the community um, for a particular group, that um, they then decide to run for council because they've they've got a passion for orange and they should do if you've got a passion for orange but it's a single issue and then once they get here and the issue is dealt with in either in their favour or not in their favour um they sort of lose their voice a little bit and I think that if I have any advice for people coming on council is that um come in with an open mind and don't don't have um Try not to have a single issue. Make sure that the reason you're coming on council is because you want to make a change every time you come to a meeting, um, and because otherwise it's a long four years. And um, and um, one of the other things is that um, you're one of eleven um, oppositions, basically. And I won't say they're oppositions, but unless you, your idea may be the maybe the best idea for Orange. Um, but unless you've got the majority vote, um, or get the other councillors on side during your debate, then it can be a long four years.
1: Now with the wrap of the week at Orange City Council, CEO David Burdell, we've had a council meeting this week, Dave. We? we? have, and autumn is upon it. Way to go. It's lovely to see the, the colours starting to change earlier than usual, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's funny you should say that. I, I think
0: so too. Anyway, it's beautiful.
1: Um, this week, the council went ahead with giving the go-ahead for the next round of future city plans, Lord's Place, Binger Street and McNamara. Is it good that uh, we're finally getting on with
0: some work, Dave? Oh, It's great from my point of view because I've got money to spend and I want to spend it this financial year, but that's, that's another matter. Look, the team's been doing a lot of work and I think it's just good that we're, they've been champing at the bit and they're proud of these projects and they're excited to do them. It's great that we get to start them. And we're really keen to show that Show the ratepayer,
1: And it's good that just to spell out the process. So some preliminary plans were drawn up. There was some community
0: discussion and the councils now looked at those in detail and given this, the stamp of approval. Correct. And when they made the decision to go forward, they look at the comments and submissions that have come in on your say, et cetera, et cetera, and they make an informed decision. And in this case, they were unanimous to, to move forward.
1: One of the other matters on discussion this week at Orange City Council was uh, Glenroy Oval. There's a new
0: master plan there. What's a master plan about? Well, you know, you tend to try to plan things before you just do. So we've gone through a planning exercise. Um, We've put some budget aside to do it properly. It's good to have a plan because then you can go and get grants. You can show this plan and say, we've got a plan. Can we have some money, please? We're going to fund a lot of the stuff there. We'll see basketball um, in the next few months coming up. There'll be a new amenities block there. It's exciting. It's good. It's about time, Glenroy, had something like that. There's already been lots of discussion in preparing those plans with the local community
1: around Glenroy. Is it important that the the wider community also has a say in transforming
0: a a fairly daggy bit of vacant ground into something more park-like? I think so. I mean, my view is always with community consultation is if you pay your rates, you've got an equal say. So we like to hear from everyone. And it's not just complaints. People do have good ideas that you can take on board too.
1: 200 pl- trees to be planted there, some more parks, some more seating. It'll, it'll
0: be a much more pleasant place for the whole community to hang out. I think so. And we're already seeing evidence that the night lighting is seeing people walk through far more safer than they were. Yeah, 228 trees were, will be planted as a result of Tuesday night's decisions, which is good. Another item on
1: the on the agenda for Tuesday night: some plans to change lot sizes in Shirley. That's an early rezoning pro- proposal, but the council's given the go ahead for to reach the next stage of, of a whole thorough process of sorting. Does reducing the lot size mean a watering down of the big picture Shirley concept, or, or can this change handle it?
0: Well, it's interesting you should say that the Shirley master plan. We put a lot of effort into the into the structure of it, so I don't necessarily think. Some of these slight lot changes matter so much. But if it happens across the entire development, you do. You run the risk of losing the vision. But this doesn't lose the grid pattern, the beautiful streets, the trees, the cycle paths. This is about more houses effectively.
1: Surely it can still be a, a new, new approach to trying something the community can be proud of. I think so.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Uh, another motion this week, talked about um, defibrillator equipment, those emergency boxes you see on equipment around the place. But if if I'm having a heart attack now, I'm thinking,
0: where is it? And ha- how can I find one real quick? Well, that's right. And there is an app you can get. But if you're dying from a heart attack, you're not going to go to an app, right? Um, so we've got a few around. This was about you – know, there is a, actually a grant program at the moment. We're going to try to score as many as we can, put them in across the city. Um, you know, someone stole the one from the library the other day. Mm. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. It's, yeah, go
1: figure. The, no, no. The, the council has them around. There's one out at Lake Canobolis. There's, right. there's various parts of the building. And, and businesses, I understand, part of the motion that went through this week encouraged businesses to say, well, I've got a foyer. Though Some of my clients might come in and need one all of a sudden. What if we sat one there?
0: Yeah, absolutely right. If you have a heart attack and you're not near a... A hospital or a defib, you've got ten percent chance mm. of surviving. Well, yeah. That's well, frightening.
1: And they're only they're getting cheaper. They're, they're affordable for a small Thir- business. Thirteen
0: hundred dollars, that sort of thing. Yeah, certainly this grant, there's this four million dollars across the state. So we'll get a few for sure. It's always a good idea. But also, this weekend, just to wrap up. Clean Up Australia. Council's got a few sites around. Are you hoping the community will turn out and play their part? We do. I think we've got four sites this year, and um, it's always well attended. And The rubbish we get out of the waterways and things is astounding. So, yeah, if you get a chance, get out there. I hope to see you maybe in a wetland on the weekend. Have a good weekend, Al. Thanks for joining us on the show this
1: week. If you're enjoying listening to The Orange Podcast, please leave a review where you get your podcast. If you leave a review, that will help someone else find this show. So until next time, for The Orange Podcast, this is Alan Reader. Bye for now.